okay, I think we are set up. How do we all everybody again? Some some uh, more people turned up since since I last greeted you. Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu, very bold. Uh, Marha, Haribol, Anne, and Sakirati and Shama. Welcome, everybody. Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Yuta Padakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahaganarugunatan Vitantam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Varijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamstra Umagyana Timirandasya Yanangana Shalakaya Chakshurun Miritam Yena Tasmai Sri Gravinamaha Anchakalpatru Vyascha Gravasindu Vyavacha Patitanam Pavani Bhyo Vaishnavi Bhyonamonamaha Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namanega Urtishe Namaha E Krishna Kuruna Sindhu Dina Bandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kantaradha Kantanamastute Taptakan Chanagaurangi Radhe Brindavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Haripri Jayashti Krishna Joytana Brahmanityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Shivasari Sri Gauravakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Eva Kevalam. Kalo Nastieva, 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 Gatiranyatha. Welcome back, everyone, to this uh, Manashiksha uh, series. Today, my plan is to speak about the second and the third verses of the 12 verses of the Manashiksha by Shila Raghunath Das Goswami Pada. Uh, I'm not going to, to repeat what I said last time. I mean, these lectures are, are recorded. So if you, if you missed something or, or so, you can go back there. Better that we, we focus on what is ahead of us because we have 12 verses. And each of these verses, of course, is filled with... Uh, so many layers of meaning. I'm going to try to open up these verses a little bit, mainly based on the commentary of uh, Shla Bhaktivinoda Thakur, but I will also keep in mind things I have understood from, from the commentaries of, of other Vaishnavas. Uh, I mentioned this uh, nice edition of the Manashiksha that uh, Srimati Urmila Mataji has, has published of ISKCON. Uh, there are several editions of, of the commentary of Bhaktivinod. Anantadas Babaji uh, of Radhakund also has, a, has an edition that uh, Padmanabh Maharaj kindly shared with me. So there, are, there is literature that you can turn to if you want to go deeper in your understanding of the Manashiksha. Because as with any spiritual text, of course, it speaks to us on many different levels. There's the exoteric or the, the obvious meaning, and there are also different layers of, of internal meanings. And, and we're going to look at, at those to some extent as well. And uh, it's also important to remember that the Manashiksha is a text that is a gradual text. It goes gradually deeper, starts out with the basic things, 
we still have some basic things in front of us. Unfortunately, usually the basic things are the most difficult ones. But gradually, we're going to go deeper. Today, in the second verse, uh, Raghunath Das, uh, according to Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he answers some uh, doubts that the practitioner may have uh, by, by this. We heard in the previous verse that we should, we should uh, uh, give up pride and we should cultivate love towards Krishna and the Vaishnavas and so on and the mantra and our, our process in itself. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he says that at this point, many doubts may arise, but he singles out three that he feels are, are the central ones. One is what to do with our livelihood. Most of us uh, are Vaishnavas and Vaishnavism is a very important part of our lives. But it's not the only thing we do, most of us. We also need to go to work. We need to take care of our families. Of, uh, we have different hobbies. It's not only that we need to do these things. We also like to do them. So how are we to kind of balance Vaishnavism with other things in our lives? That's one question. Another question is that, there was a lot of talk about Krishna and his uh, people of Vrindavan in the previous verse. What about Mahaprabhu? What about Gaurangadeva, the avatar of this yuga, of this age? What about him? We are, after all, Gaudiya Vaishnavas. We are Vaishnavas in the school of Sri Chaitanya Dev. How are we to view him? And thirdly, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, what about the Guru? How are we to view the Guru? There are so many different understandings of the Guru out there in the spiritual world. Everything from the Guru being a body that you can turn to sometimes to that the Guru is God. God has come down in the form of the Guru. You'll find support for these kind of a whole range of understandings of the guru in the wisdom literature. So how are we to think about these things? If we want to use the language of uh, my Guru Maharaj, we could speak about uh, Raghunath Das as creating a kind of conceptual framework in uh, uh, these verses now two and three how to kind of orientate ourselves, uh, both in terms of, of the world with all its duties and actions, but also in terms of, of, of theology. How are we to kind of understand all these things before we kind of get into the practice itself? So we'll see. And I'm, I'm going to share with you the screen again so you can recite along with me the, the verses. We'll do one at a time, of course. So here we have verse two. I'll, I'll do one line and then you can repeat 
Uh, we'll repeat all together. Nadharmam nadharmam shrutiganani ruktam kilakuru. 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 Vraje Radha Krishna Prachura Paricharyam Mihatani 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 Shachi sunum nandishvarapati sutatve guruvaram. Shachi sunum nandishvarapati sutatve guruvaram. Shachi sunum nandishvarapati sutatve guruvaram. Mukunda preshtatve smaraparam majasram nanumana. Mukunda preshtatve smaraparam majasram nanumana. Mukunda preshtatve smaraparamajasram nanumana. Mukunda preshtatve smaraparamajasram nanumana. So again, like I said last time, it's usually best to start the translation uh, from the very end. Oh, welcome, Maharaj. I only saw you had joined now, Ashla Maharaj. Welcome. Welcome, Hari Priya, Greg, Indra Bahia. Smara Param Ajasram Nanumana. Nanumana. Now. Nanu means now. Now my mind. Smara Param Ajasram. Listen again, my mind. Of course, Manashiksha is all about the practitioner speaking to her own mind, his or my own mind. Na dharmam na dharmam shrutigana niruktam kilakuru. Going back to the first line. Do not engage in dharma, neither adharma, as taught in the shrutis. The shruti means that which is heard. Shruti refers to the primary level of uh, sacred uh, texts in India, the Vedas. Today, of course, when we hear the word Veda, we use the word Veda in a very wide and, and uh, vague and broad sense. You'll hear people speaking about Vedic astrology, Vedic maths, Vedic medicine, Vedic this and that, but none of that is actually from the Veda. The word Veda is just used to kind of convey it, convey some authority to these things and also to show that in some way they are connected with uh, Vedic teachings in some unspecified way. The word Shruti or Veda in a strict sense refers to four types of texts divided into four parts, just not to make it too easy. Four, four texts, Rig, Yajur, Sama, and Hatharva, all of these four having four parts, 
the Samhitas, the hymns, the Brahmanas or the ritual texts, the Aranyakas or the forest texts and the Upanishads. So, for example, if you think about the Upanishads, they all belong to a particular Veda. Let's say the Chandogya Upanishad belongs to the Sama Veda. The Taitriya Upanishad belongs to the Yajur Veda and so on. So this corpus of uh, text is the Shruti or the Veda. This is often, especially if you look at textbook presentations of Hinduism, this is considered the most important of the sacred texts of Hinduism. This is the primary revelation, then the Smriti, the remembered text, that's secondary. But Raghunatha says here, don't bother about the Vedas. Don't bother about the Vedas. Don't do things forbidden in the Vedas. Of course don't. Why would you? But don't also bother about following the Vedas. Because the Vedas, they deal with uh, uplifting the human being uh, in a very general way. What Raghunath Das here is interested in is not just religiosity or piety or being a good person or anything else, which is very good, but he's interested in a much more specific goal. And that is worship of Radha and Krishna in Vrindavan. How much is said about Krishna in the Vedas? If we think about Veda in this uh, strict sense. Well, he's mentioned in some of the Upanishads, of course, in, for example, the Gopala Tapani Upanishad. Uh, his name is also given in, in some other Upanishads. It's just this much, just this much. So if we want to know about Krishna, if we now want to know about Krishna in Vrindavan, uh, the Vedas is not the place to look. You can learn many other interesting things there. But if we are focusing on this particular goal, love for Krishna and Vrindavan, we need to look somewhere else. This is not something very dramatic. I mean, already in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says that don't worry about the Vedas. The Vedas deal with the three gunas. Their flowery words are all about going to heaven, having a nice life in the next, in the, in the afterlife and so on. Uh, we want to go deeper. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he understands this line. Don't worry about the worship of, or, or the dharma and adharma, the piety and, and, uh, and uh, uh, non-piety of the Vedas. He understands this verse, this line, to also speak to two different kinds of practitioners. He says that there are some practitioners that are spiritually awake and some that are spiritually asleep. He's using a kind of, of modern language here, you could say making a difference between religion and spirituality, an implicit, implicit difference, that there's something we could call religion, which is primarily a social uh, thing. There's something 
which you, we could call spirituality. He's writing in the towards the end of the 19th century, uh, influenced also by Western thought. So he's making this difference that there's uh, uh, something which is internal, something which is mostly based on regulations, rituals, and so on. And if we're not spiritually awake, then we need to bother about all these rules and regulations of the Veda. In particular, in an Indian context, then we need to bother about the rules of Varna Ashrama Dharma, the rules of Varna and Ashrama, so, uh, state in society and state uh, and and faith uh, in life, whether you're a householder, a renunciant, and so on. So all of these things: who to marry, uh, how to eat, how to sit, how to sleep all these detailed rules and regulations, they're mostly there for those who are not spiritually awake, those who are not yet uh, found the path of love, the path of, of raga bhakti, passionate bhakti, the path that Raghunath Das is going to open up for us here. So uh, for those people, let them engage in the Varnashrama Dharma, let them engage in all these external uh, rituals and so on, that would be good for them. But a person who is spiritually awake, who has focused her or his whole love on Krishna, that person doesn't need to bother with these things so much anymore. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur says that if we are uh, still not prepared to completely give up the world, and become uh, an ascetic living under a tree in Vrindavan. If we're not ready for that, for example, me, then what we should do is we should uh, uh, incorporate as much Krishna consciousness as we can into our lives. Bhaktin Thakur, in this context, particularly emphasizes the importance of having uh, a Sri Murti in our house. If we are initiated uh, uh, practitioners, we should have uh, a, an image of Krishna in our house and make our house a temple for Krishna. It will not be our house anymore. It will be Krishna's house. We'll not be cooking for ourselves or our family members anymore. We'll be cooking for Krishna. We'll not be cleaning uh, our house anymore, we'll be cleaning Krishna's temple. We'll not be decorating our house, we'll be decorating Krishna's temple. And this might seem like a totally artificial thing. Like you're cooking for Krishna. You say you cook for Krishna, but actually you just put the, the food on a plate in front of Krishna, and then you ring a bell and say some mantras, and then you eat it afterwards. So what's the difference actually? It may not be a huge difference in the beginning. In the beginning, offering the food to Krishna might just be kind of uh, doing a ritual to make sure that we can eat. So I, I, I like pizza, so I'll make the best pizza ever. I'm actually making it for myself, but I'm doing the ritual of offering it to Krishna first. So that's not really the best thing but it's much better than just eating it myself. At least I'm taking the trouble to first offer it to Krishna. And gradually by taking that trouble, my mind 
will gradually start changing so that at one point I'm not no longer thinking that I'm making this pizza because I'm so hungry and I want to eat pizza, but instead I'll think I'll make this pizza for Krishna. And of course, uh, we've had that experience, most of us ourselves, how this is a gradual process of purification. So Bhaktivinod is saying, install, have an installed image of Krishna in your house and make your whole household life about Krishna. Then you can go to work, you can make a fortune, you can do whatever you want to do, uh, but you will be able to center it on Krishna and gradually wean away this selfishness that is, that is hanging over us at the moment. Nadharmam nadharmam shlutigana niruktam kila kuru radha krishna prachura paricharyam yatami. Instead, uh, Raghunath Das Goswami says, worship uh, or, or serve, he's using the word paricharya. Uh, Padmanabha Maharaj was speaking about this word in, in one of his recent uh, lectures. Paricharya means service. Uh, it means uh, it can mean ritualistic service like like puja, but it's a more uh, personal term than puja. Puja implies a kind of distance and and uh, you are high up there. I'm a little ant down here. Paricharya is something more intimate. Vraje Radha Krishna Prachura Paricharya Mihatami. Tanu means do, it means stretch, it means something very bodily, something very physical. Serve Radha and Krishna in Vrindavan, Prachura Paricharya. Serve them uh, intensely uh, in, in Vrindavan. Serving Krishna in Vrindavan means uh, serving Krishna as he is in Vrindavan, not the majestic Krishna or Dvaraka, not even the wise, venerable Krishna on the Kurukshetra battlefield, speaking the Bhagavad Gita, but the youthful, playful, uh, almost anarchistic Krishna of Vrindavan. And not only Krishna, of course, Vraje Radha Krishna, Prachura Paricharya Mihatami, Radha and Krishna. Not Krishna alone, Krishna with Radha. Uh, Raghunath Das uh, says, uh, do this kind of, 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 of service, Imvraja, worship Krishna Imvraja, but it also means worship Krishna by yourself being in Vrindavan. This may refer to living in Vrindavan. We know, of course, that Rupa Goswami, uh, Raghunath Das's contemporary, uh, held uh, Maturavasa, living in the land of Mathura, to be one of the most powerful devotional practices uh, of all, one of the five most powerful spiritual practices to live in Vrindavan. Not just worship Krishna in Vrindavan, but actually be in Vrindavan oneself. Those of us who have had the fortune of, of, of staying in Vrindavan or, or visiting Vrindavan, we know what power there is in that place. Not just 
because of all the saints, all of the, the, the things there, the temples and so on. But there's some particular power in the, the land itself there. And of course, for those of us for whom it is not possible to literally move to Vrindavan, at least we can try to, to live in Vrindavan in our minds, to get to know all the stories of Krishna, all of the things that's happening in Vrindavan, to get to know the places. Uh, now in this uh, uh, Corona age, of course, we can't go physically to Vrindavan, but there's never been as much possibility to go there virtually and go there in your mind. There's plenty of, of uh, uh, lectures, there's plenty of videos we can see. We can immerse ourselves in Vrindavan even though we may be in Finland or the United States or wherever we are. So worship Krishna in Vrindavan, in Vrindavan, both Krishna in Vrindavan, but you in Vrindavan as well. And he goes on, he says, Shachisunum Nandishvara Patisutatve Guruvaram. Who is the son of Shachi, Shachi Sunu, Kanurama? Who is that? Are you there, Kanurama? Yes, Prabhu, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, so Shachi Sutta is, uh, is Vishwambar. Yes, Vishwambar Mishra, also known as Chaitanya Dev or Mahaprabhu or Gauranga Deva. Thank you. You get a, Thank you. a virtual star in my, my book. Shachisunum Nandishvara Pati Sutatve. Oh my mind, think of the son of Shachi, Mahaprabhu, as the son of the, the king of, Nan, of, uh, of uh, Nandishvara. Think of him as Krishna in Vrindavan. Uh, very often we use these kind of relationship terms, or we see these kind of relationship terms in the scriptures. The son of Sachi, the son of the king of Vrindavan. Why don't he, doesn't he just say Vishwambar Mishra? Why, do, why doesn't he just say Krishna? Why bother saying Nandishvarapati Sutta? the son of the Lord of Nandishvara. Because it's all about relationships. Vaishnavism is all about relationships. It's sweet to think of Mahaprabhu as not just being Mahaprabhu, the great Lord, but to think of him as the son of Shachi. The son of Shachi. His mother, his mother's name. Or Krishna as being the son of Nanda Baba of Vrindavan. Nanda Baba, Nanda Maharaj. The word Maharaj may convey a picture of some great emperor on his throne. But he's really the, the, the boss of the cowherds. That's who he is. He's the leader of the cowherd village. He's not some big mighty king on the throne. He's the leader of the cowherd village. In the Bengali literature, uh, Nanda Maharaj is always uh, portrayed as being extremely uh, 
sarala or simple. It's very simple. It's not very kind of uh, witty or, or uh, intellectual. He's a very simple person. But there's very few things we can say that will please Krishna more than to call Krishna Nanda Nandana or Nanda Sunu or Nandishvarapati Sutta, the son of Nanda. This is a very sweet relationship that he's having with his father. So in Vaishnavism, we very often use these kind of words to, to emphasize these kind of relationships. Nandishvarapati Suttatve, Guru Varam Mukunda Prehistatve, and my mind, think of the best of gurus as the person who is the dearest to Mukunda. Again, another name for Krishna, Mukunda. So we can think about the Krishna, we can think about the Guru as being a, a, a form of God or whatever, but actually, Raghunath Das is saying, most helpful for the Bhakti path will be to think that the Guru is dearest to Krishna. We love the Guru, we respect the Guru, not because the Guru is uh, uh, a person with a particularly long beard or, or the oldest person on the planet or the one who wrote the most books or, or anything like that. We love the Guru because the Guru is dearest to Krishna. And this, of course, is the main qualification of the Guru as well. That the Guru has intensive deep love for Krishna. So this is the third verse, the second verse, I'm sorry, where... Uh, Raghunath Das says what we shouldn't do, we shouldn't worry about uh, the orthodox, orthopractic world of the Vedas. Instead, we should focus on Radha and Krishna in Vrindavan. We should think about Mahaprabhu. We should think and understand Mahaprabhu to be the same as Krishna. Of course, there is some differences in mood and bhava. But that's kind of beside the point here. And we should think about the Guru as being uh, a dear uh, associate of Krishna, dear most of Krishna, Mukunda Preshta. All of these things are important. For example, in Raghunath Das's time, uh, people didn't know exactly what to think about this Vishwambar Mishra, this Mahaprabhu Chaitanya Dev. Was he a big, was he a saint? Was he uh, the Lord of Vaikuntha, Vishnu having come down to earth? Who exactly was he? Some scholars in the last century, they still thought that the Goswamis, they hadn't yet deified uh, Chaitanya. There was this idea that uh, religion always starts out with these mighty persons, kind of heroes. And then uh, when generations pass, then these big heroes, these big humans eventually become deified and people start to think of them as God. Here we see that this is not something that came later. Raghunath Das had spent time personally together with uh, Mahaprabhu in Puri. 
not just one day or two, years and years. So this idea of Mahaprabhu being Krishna himself, that was there from the beginning. It's not something that gradually evolved when people actually forgot how he, he was in real life. It was there from the beginning. Even though the focus here is Radha and Krishna in Vrindavan, it's related to who he is in many different ways. Uh, we see this, for example, in the, the, the system of worship that uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's son, set up, where, where usually on the altar we'll find Radha and Krishna and Mahaprabhu. These three together, plus a fourth, Guru. So Guru Gauranga Gandharvika Giridai. Guru in the form of the Guru Parampara, the preceptorial succession. And then Gauranga, that is Mahaprabhu, and Radha and Krishna, Gandharvika and Giridhar. So let's continue on to the next verse. Yadi cheravasam Rajabuvisaragam Pratijanur Yadi cheravasam Rajabuvisaragam Pratijanur Yadi cheravasam Rajabuvisaragam Pratijanur Yadi cheravasam Rajabuvisaragam Pratijanur Yuvadvandvam Tachit Paricharitumara Dabilashe Yuvadvandvam tachet paricharitumara dabilashe. Yuvadvandvam tachet paricharitumara dabilashe. Swarupam sri rupam saganamihatasya grajamapi. Swarupam sri rupam saganamihatasya grajamapi. Swarupam sri rupam saganamihatasya grajamapi. Swarupam Shri Rupam Saganamihatasya Grajamapi Sputam Premna Nityam Smaranamatadatvam Srinumana Sputam Premna Nityam Smaranamatadatvam Srinumana Sputam Premna Nityam Smaranamatadatvam Srinumana Sputam Premna Nityam so once we can start from the beginning, if you want to live, if you want to reside in Vraja, Raja means the, the pasture land, uh, the land of Vrindavan. Saragam Pratijanu, with Raga, life after life. Then, my mind, listen to what I'm going to say. So if you have this desire, if you have this desire to uh, live in the land of Raja, Yuvadvandvam tachet paricharitum arad abilashe. 
And if you have the desire to serve, using the same verb as in the previous one, previous verse, parichar, and worship the youthful couple, then hear me now, my mind, listen carefully. Again, I'm approaching you with sweet words, with a humble attitude, my dear internal brother, I'm holding on to your feet, like he said in the first verse. Listen, if you want actually to live there in the land of Vrindavan, whether it is physically or mentally, and if you want to worship Krishna there, saraga, with love, then you'll have to listen carefully now. We heard uh, a whole lecture series previously by uh, Padmanabh Maharaj on the book Raghavartma Chandrika. I know some, many of you attended that as well. It was a wonderful lecture series and, and uh, all about what is the meaning of the path of Raga. So I'm not going to repeat what Maharaj said there, but Raga, of course, means passionate love. Passionate love. It's contrasted to Vaidhi or, or the path of rules and regulations. Do this. Don't do that. Rupa Goswami in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he says that Vaidhi Bhakti is motivated by fear, by, by uh, the statements of the scriptures. If you do not take away the flowers in the morning before sunrise on the altar, the flowers will turn into thorns that will pierce the body of Krishna. And you are going to suffer for this in hell. So there's plenty of statements like this. Meant to kind of, oh, yes, okay, yes, yes, sure, I'll, I'm going to do this. To, to kind of scare us into action. And there's plenty of, of statements of the opposite nature. If you do this, if you wash the floor of Krishna's temple, with every drop of water you use, for every drop of water you use, you'll stay in heaven for 10,000 years. So this kind of, if you don't do this, you'll suffer. But if you do this, then you're going to enjoy. That's the part of vidhi, the part of rules. Vidhi means rules. The other part is the part of love. Worshipping Krishna, not because somebody is scaring us to do it or, or holding out some nice carrot for us, but worshipping Krishna out of attraction, out of uh, uh, greed for this kind of love. So if we want this kind of love for Krishna, this kind of love for Krishna in Vrindavan, what should we do then? This is what Raghunath Das uh, reveals to us in the second part of this verse. Svarupam sri rupam sagana mihatasyagrajamapi sputam premna nityam smaranamatada tvam srinumana. Listen my mind. Srinumana. Listen mind. With great love, sputam premna, with, with uh, uh, like uh, manifest love, nityam smaranama. Always remember 
and bow down to Swarupa, Sri Rupa, his followers, and his older brother. So he's mentioning here some of his own teachers and some of the great saints of his own day. Swarupa, that's the first, Swarupa Damodar. He was one of the closest associates of Chaitanya Dev in the latter part of his life, in his, his uh, uh, Madhya and Antyalila in, 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 in Jagannath Puri. Swarup Damodar was a kind of, uh, perhaps to use a modern term, uh, uh, maybe we could call him the private secretary of, of, of Chaitanya Dev. He was the one who would, would uh, uh, screen everybody who wanted to come and see him, to listen to their uh, ideas, sometimes correct them. He was kind of this, when you read the Chaitanya Charitamrita, you get a kind of like stern picture of him, that he's this kind of guardian. But of course, he has a different side to himself as well. And this is a side that Raghunath Das would have been privy to because, of course, he studied under Swarupa Damodar in Jagannath Puri. Swarupa Damodar was his teacher. Maybe not his initiating teacher, his Diksha Guru, but he was his Shiksha Guru, Shiksha Guru in instructing teacher. And uh, he spent years with him. And from him, he really learned about who Chaitanya Deva was and what his conception of Krishna consciousness actually was. There are many different teachers speaking about Krishna, speaking about Krishna in different ways. But the particular conception of Krishna that uh, Chaitanya gave to the world, one of the first persons to kind of codify that and to try to understand it in a systematic way was Swarup Damodar. He said to have, be, to have written a, a, a korcha or, or a, a diary or a notebook. Uh, it hasn't survived, but there are some verses attributed to him that uh, are, are cited by Krishna Das Kaviraj and, and later authors. At any rate, he's a very important person for kind of understanding uh, what Krishna consciousness is about. Again, these early verses here, they are about creating kind of the conceptual orientation uh, for bhakti in this particular line. And it's easy to get the understanding or, or the impression when we read these verses and hear about them that what's going on here is something very sectarian. Uh, you're saying you should do this, you shouldn't do that, you should think in this way, you shouldn't think in that way. And that's completely correct. That's exactly what's going on here. There's a very particular form of Krishna consciousness being presented here. One that will be, be uh, attractive to some people, maybe not to others. And that's of course fine. There's billions of people in the world Maybe just a handful will be attracted to this. If they are, however, this is part that will give them very much. So it's a very particular part of Krishna consciousness that is presented in these verses. Again, this idea that I think I mentioned last time, uh, if you want water, you need to dig deep. Don't make many shallow holes here and there. Focus on one thing and go deep there. 
That's what's happening in these verses. We're focusing on one particular way of approaching Krishna and going very deep in that. So if you want to worship Krishna in this particular way, in Vrindavan, then bow down and remember Swarup Damodar. He's the first one, Swarup Damodar. Smara Nama. Remember and bow down. Why both of these words? Remember, I think, uh, refers to learn from these people, learn from their life, not only their teachings, but their lives as well. But do it with respect, showing respect to these people, bowing down. These are not ordinary people. Swarup Damodar is not an ordinary person. Show some respect. Svarupam, Shri Rupam. Rupa is the next one. Rupa, of course, refers to Rupa Goswami, uh, one of the famous six Goswamis of Vrindavan. Uh, the, one, one of, the one that is in many ways uh, the most famous is the author of the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, which is the foundational book on, on Bhakti in our particular Sampradaya wisdom tradition. Uh, he's the one that we maybe hear the most about. But Raghunath Das says, Sri Rupam Saganam, together with his associates, Gana. Gana means associates. It can mean uh, all kinds of followers. And this is a central word here. Sri Rupam Saganam. Vaishnavism is all about Krishna, but it's all about the Vaishnavas as well. There's no Vaishnavism without the Vaishnavas. If we think that we can just approach Radha and Krishna and leaving the rest of the world to go to hell, uh, that's an illusion. We worship Radha and Krishna as a community. This is a, a fallacy of the modern world to think that we're just individuals. I don't think it's anywhere as, as uh, apparent this cult of the individual as it is in Sweden. Olaf will know this well. Like if, if, if you ask a Swedish person that, hello, what's your name? They're just going to say, uh, Maria, Anna, Olaf. They will not even mention their surname because they're so individualistic that they don't really even think that they are part of anything except themselves. I think that's why they will say like this. And from the perspective of Vaishnavism, in one sense, that's real, of course, that's true. We all have our particular relationship with Krishna. We all have our particular relationship with Krishna in this world but also in the next, in Krishna's world. Uh, we have our particular service, uh, our relationship through family and so on with Krishna in this cowherd village of his. So in one sense, we, yes, we are very much individuals, but on the other hand, we're also very much part of something larger, something larger than ourselves. Uh, a whole group of people worshiping Krishna together where it doesn't make sense, the whole drama of Krishna Leela will not take place unless everybody is there. 
if my service would be to serve Krishna, his or Radha and Krishna, their betel nut, it wouldn't be a very excitingly life. That's everything that Radha and Krishna does, eat betel nuts. There needs to be plenty of other things going around to make this little seemingly insignificant thing of serving a betel nut into something big and something meaningful. Or like uh, my Guru Maharaj likes to say, uh, for a symphony, you can't just have one, one uh, note. You need to have plenty of instruments playing together. So when Raghunath Das here is offering his respect to uh, Rupa together with his associates, he's making this point. Rupa and his associates, Tasyagrajamapi, and also to his older brother, Sanatana Goswami. So we have all these Goswamis that were living at the same time of, of Raghunath Das. They mention each other in all their books. They always speak about each other. They were clearly a, a tight-knit group of, of, of devotees, individuals, having their own thoughts and their own uh, moods towards Krishna, but doing Vaishnavism together, worshipping Krishna together, supporting each other, loving each other. Their love, their mutual love is mentioned in many places in the texts. So uh, uh, if we want to worship and love Krishna, in this way, in this uh, passionate, intimate way, we need to go the way of these Goswamis. That means both in this world, uh, learning what they have written, learning what they have, have said, studying their lives, learning from their personal examples, but also in Krishna Leela, because of course they're all players in that Leela as well. Rupa Goswami, the ascetic, uh, learned Brahman of this world is Rupa Manjari in the Vraja Leela, in Krishna's Leela, uh, a small girl who is, is serving uh, Radha and Krishna. So these persons are, are central not only for our lives as practitioners in this world, but also for our lives as perfected uh, devotees in Krishna's world. And this, of course, is important. But there's one more word I didn't really explain, and that's uh, in the first line. If you want to uh, serve Radha and Krishna with this kind of love in Vrindavan, Pratijanur, life after life, then do this. So here somebody might think, wait a minute, life after life. I thought this path of bhakti is supposed to bring us to the eternal Vrindavan. Do not have to take birth again and again. What Raghunath Das is saying, don't worry about that. The path of bhakti is different than the path of karma or, or jnana. We don't need to worry about whether we'll be born again and again. Probably we will, because we're not very, I don't know about you, but I'm not very uh, advanced in my practice, and I'm not advancing either very much in my practice. So I probably have quite a few lives yet in front of me. But Raghunath Das is saying, don't worry about that, Brigu. Don't worry so much. Uh, this part is a part that is sweet in itself. We're not just having our eyes in the next world and trying to somehow suffer through this world. That's not the part of bhakti. The part of bhakti uh, 
yes, the goal is important, but so is the path itself as well. So we didn't need to worry about this. How many lifetimes? Will it be one? Will it be three? Will it be 15,840? It doesn't matter. Life after life, I want to serve Krishna. As long as I can serve Krishna, I don't mind to be in this world or some other world. Doesn't make any difference. So in this way, in verses two and three, Raghunath Das has created a kind of basic uh, conceptual orientation for the path of Raga. And in the next verses, he will gradually take us deeper. And he will also introduce us to some important obstacles on the way. So any questions or comments on, on today's verses? Can you hear me, Brigo? Yes. Um, I've uh, thought about the notes of Swarup Damodar in several occasions. It's like, it's kind of like that Goswami Granta Samadhi in Vrindavan. And so it's like, what is it? You know, and I, I really love the idea that like the closest associate of Mahaprabhu had all these notes that we don't have. And it's like really painful at the same time. But I was wondering, like, you know, Gaudias are pretty good at like uh, keeping stuff. Like you think about like Murari Gupta's, you know, biography of Mahaprabhu all the way from the beginning. There's all these scriptures that are kept really well and they've survived and everything. But the fact that, like, the notes of Swaru Damodar, which should be like the crest jewel of the Gaudiya Granta, was lost. So I, it makes me wonder, like, wait a second, like, they probably did that on purpose because it was so high or something that, you know, uh, it would be too much for most devotees. What do you think? Well, that's, that's, that's a possibility, of course. I didn't think about it like that. It's it's kind of more exciting than I, when I what I thought. So, so maybe you shouldn't hear my my answer. But but uh, I think what what actually happened is that it, the the thing that it wasn't a book. That's the the word korcha uh, uh, implies that also. It's it's like notes. So uh, uh, people didn't view these kind of things in the way we would do today. For example. We know from Bhakti Ratnakar that uh, the Goswamis uh, not only wrote books, they wrote letters as well. In the Bhakti Ratnakar book, that's, that's from the next generation of devotees after the Goswamis. Uh, some of the letters of, of Jiva Goswami to, to uh, devotees in Bengal are reproduced, just a few. And that's so frustrating for a, a textual scholar like me, for example. Why didn't they save the letters? I know. But they just didn't. They didn't consider it that important. And there's plenty of other things like that. Uh, Indians haven't been so crazy about archiving things as we, we are. Like there's plenty of things available from from let's say say Luther or, or or Calvin or Swingley, these kind of persons that were more or less contemporaneous with with the persons we're speaking about here, plenty of stuff, but very little in India. And partly, of course, it has to do with uh, uh, the climate, which is much less friendly with preserving things in India than it is in in Europe. But partly, it also seems to be with uh, kind of, of absence of this kind of hoarding mentality that we have very much in, 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 in Europe and in the West. 
But it's unfortunate. It would be so cool to, to find something like this. And it's possible to make finds still today. Uh, I found uh, a text uh, uh, copied by, by Sanatan Goswami Prabhu uh, that nobody else has known about before. It's not an original text of his, but it's, uh, he, he copied it. It's a, it's a kind of a, a commentary on some parts of the Vishnu Purana. And uh, uh, nobody has known about this before because it, the, the text was mixed in with, with uh, another manuscript and it has been cataloged on, under the wrong name and so on. So, so I found that text. Unfortunately, it's not a very exciting text or, or anything like that, but still it shows that it is possible to make finds even today. So perhaps Guru Nishtha will find a notebook of, of Swarupa Damodar. Who knows? Yeah, that would be amazing. But it, that's a nice point, though, that they they didn't care about that stuff so much, I guess. Maybe it's, they just focused on the actual official scriptures that they wrote and stuff. And then they just, the rest of it was just like, you know, not so important. I guess that's what you were saying, right? Yeah. yeah interesting. Thank you. Anything else? I was thinking more about your question about who is Sati Sutta. I forgot to include Vishwaru. We also Sati Sutta. I couldn't hear the, your, your question properly. Oh. I just had a comment. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. So you, you asked me who is Sati Sutta, and I, I replied it's Vishwambar, but it's also Vishwaru. Two parts to that answer. Yes, the, the answer could have been Vishwarup, of course, as well. Uh, his brother. But uh, here, of course, from the context, we understand that it 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 has to refer to to Vishwambhar, because Vishwarup, of course, is not uh, the son of of the king of Nandishvara. Thank you for that that addition. Anything else? In that case, I want to thank you for for your attendance today. Jai Shri Shri Guru Goranga Gandharvi Kagiri Dari Shri Shri Radha Mandu Mohan Radha Govinda Radha Kupinata Radha Damara Radha Shama Sundara Radha Damara Radha Kukulananda Radha Madhava. Dauji Kupar Nithai Gaur Shri Shalabuj Kiri Raja Ki Jai. Jaya Vishnu Bhar Pranga Subhadraj Kupari Ashtotra Shita Shri Shimad Bhaktivedanta Tripurari Devo Swamaraj Lugurdev Ki Jai Jaya Nithile Pravishnam Vishnu Bhar Abhayachanara Ravinda Bhaktivedanta Swamaraj Lugurdev Ki Jai Jaya Nithile Pravishnam Vishnu Bhar Bhaktivedanta Swamaraj Ki Jai Jaya Nithile Pravishnam Vishnu Bhar Bhaktivedanta Sarasadegov Swamaraj Lugurdev Ki Jai Jaya Gurki Shodas Patrin Maharaj Ki Jai Joy, Shachinana Namulta Kurbaktinur Ki Jai. Jai Vaishnava Sarvamashla Jaganatas Padri Maraj Ki Jai. Jai Gudibaranta Charishla Paralibi Burshan Prabhu Ki Jai. 
जय विष्णु चक्रवर्ती ठाकुर की जय जय श्रीनिवास श्यामानंदा नरोत्तम प्रभु त्रय की जय जय कृष्णदास कविराज कुसुमराज की जय जय व्यास अवतार श्री वृंदावन दास ठाकुर की जय जय श्री रूप सनातन भक्त रघुनाथ श्री जीव गोपाल भक्त दास रघुनाथ छोट को सोम प्रभु की जय जय नामाचार्य श्री हरिदास ठाकुर की जय जय प्रेम से कहो श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैत गृहधार श्रीवासरी श्री गौर भक्त वृंद की जय जय श्री अंतर्द्वीप मायपुर श्री मंत्रद्वीप मध्यद्वीप कोलद्वीप ऋतुद्वीप रानुद्वीप मध्यद्वीप मोदरद्वीप मध्यद्वीप मोदरद्वीप रुद्रद्वीप आत्मकाशी नवद्वीप धाम की जय जय श्री श्री राधा कृष्ण गोपगोपो गोवर्धन द्वादश वनात्मकाशी वृंदावन धाम की जय द्वादश उपवन की जय जय राधकुंड श्यामकुंड गंगा यमुना भक्ति देवी तुलसी देवी की जय जय श्री पुरुषोत्तम धाम की जय जय श्री श्री जगन्नाथ बलदेव सुभद्र सुदर्शन की जय जय भक्ति विघ्न विनाशनकारीशिंगय समागत गौर भक्त वृंद की जय रघुनाथ शेरमनाशिक्षा की जय आनंद गुद वैष्णव वृंद की जय गौर प्रेम नंदे हरि हरि बोल वंशा कल्पतुर्भ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्यवनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः श्रीमन प्रभुपाल प्रभु की जय जय सी ऑल टुमारो जय थैंक यू सो मच Thanks a lot. Hi Krishna. Thank you.